0: Well, hey you, hello there, every person everywhere. Why, hello, 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 good afternoon, good morning, good evening, whatever time it might be, whenever you're listening to this, my friends. My name is Lynn, and I am your host for Every Person Everywhere, and this is stuff that you can relate to, hopefully. So talking about the end of season four a lot of stuff happened in one year yes seasons three and four all happened in the span of like 14 to 15 months so needless to say i was cooking i was moving i was doing stuff i was grooving i saw a lot of stuff I saw the cornfields of Indiana for grad school interviews. I saw Boston Harbor for a very expensive grad school that I fortunately didn't go to because, ouch, my pockets. I got to see most of Europe. And I had planned to see all of the rest of Europe. But, of course, halfway through this season, I'll be talking about how coronavirus sort of cut that short and the impact that it had on travel pretty much immediately so let's set the scene for the beginning of this i get back to england probably around maybe late late august early september and i start my third clinical placement this is where i discovered that i really like psychiatric ot and really want to be a psychiatric occupational therapist of course Biggest grievance about America, not just the fact that late-stage capitalism is a scam and you never get any time to yourself and you're expected to be at work constantly and chastised for taking P. Tim off and taking vacation. It's a lot easier to breathe and work in England, and you can disappear from work and they'll tell you to enjoy yourself, don't be gone too long, we'll catch up when you get back. In the NHS, all medications are $9 or 9 pounds, which is like $10.25 or something like that. Even if you have a life-limiting illness, your meds are still $9. So, I mean, obviously, if you're getting something for like gastric reflux, which would cost maybe 6 bucks in America, you're paying a bit more. But because it's a flat rate of 9 pounds, people that need insulin and cancer meds and life-sustaining medication don't need to pay an arm and a leg to get it so what's the bad part about working for the nhs well although you have a lot of opportunities to be an autonomous clinician even at a bachelor's level whereas in america you still have to answer directly to somebody at all points in time you don't get paid what you're worth see with public health care The salary I'd be making if I stayed in England, which I actually had an interview to work at Broadmoor, which is the biggest psychiatric hospital in the entire world, um, and the most high secure one as well at that, I still would have only been making the equivalent of like a bachelor's degree level wage here in America. And I mean, most OT jobs start at a bachelor's level, but the scaling for pay isn't that great. You have to basically be an OT for 10 to 15 years before you start making an entry-level salary or mid-range-level salary for OT in America As, at an entry level at that. So, um, yeah, the wages are not great. And, of course, there's waiting times for you to see providers, but it's all free. You don't have private rooms unless you are... <laughs> in a setting like a psych hospital. Otherwise you have hangar bays that have curtains and stuff and that's where you spend time recovering when you're in hospital. But I learned a lot about myself when I was there, you know, I learned a lot about me as a person and as a clinician and how I was going to develop my services. At this placement I actually got to give structure to the mental health OT program they had there, because there really just wasn't any when I came in. So that was a nice touch. Of course, on the flip side of all of this, um, it was very hard work, because I spent four hours developing the service, four hours trying to create the service, and then the rest of the day was eating and meetings with the multidisciplinary team communication is much better in british everything period it just is which is strange because they are much more aloof people in england than they are in america but yet they have better interpersonal communication skills than they do in america i'm still trying to figure that one out so after i had my placement and and it actually ended on my birthday so um All of the occupational therapy team at this hospital got together and threw a birthday party for me at a local vegan restaurant, and it was awesome. Super super cool, and great people who I'm actually still friends with to this day, with all of them. So, Jess, Sean, Hannah, Sinead, don't think I've forgotten you, and of course the countless others that I've only met sort of in passing, but still talk to very often. (laughs) There's more work-life balance in England, you know? You're you're expected to, like, hang out after work and, like, be friends with the people. And it's not nearly as high a pressure as working in an American healthcare system is. England is much more laid-back and slower-paced compared to the way it is in the States, and I miss it a lot to this day, honestly. But what can you do at the same time, at the same vein, in the same token? So... Long story short, really, I, I didn't, but, um, you know, had to come back to America. It was right around the end of October where I'd finished placement. We had two weeks until we started our studies again, so I used that time to travel. So, in the following episodes after this one, we are going to talk about getting to and from the rest of Central Europe. So, what I did in this amount of time is I took a flight to budapest hungary and that flight maybe cost me like 30 bucks and then from budapest hungary i took buses i took a bus to Bratislava for 10 bucks took me an hour and a half to get there and i took a bus to vienna austria which took me about an hour and a half to two and a half hours cost me 10 bucks and then another eight bucks and i was in prague czech republic The last two countries that i mentioned are definitely way more expensive than the first two but i did all of that and then before going home i then took two days to fly out to Bucharest, and actually it was three days but on the second day i took a day trip to uh villa katarnovo in bulgaria so i'm going to talk about the trip that i had there as well so all in all six episodes six countries and then we're going to go back to my personal life for a little bit I suppose I'm sure I'll think of something between now and then and write it down and sort of suss it out with y'all and then we're going to talk about my time in Cyprus followed by my time in Greece and then it's time for me to go back to the states because COVID hits and I'm working on my dissertation so really that's That's the season, folks. That's that's season five um, right there. So I'm very much looking forward to this journey together. I'm glad I got to set the scene. And yeah, I, I really wish that I could be working in England right now, but the amount of money that I wouldn't be making, I would need some sort of financial support that I just don't have because everybody in my family is strapped with their own debts to this day. Everybody in my family is too broke to help out. And we agreed when I went to college, it would be my, my bearing alone. (laughs) Now I had some financial assistance from my father. Um, he set up a college plan for me, but all of those payments that I had for my college tuition actually were forfeit to keep him alive a little bit longer. And, you know, I was, Obviously upset that I didn't have a college fund, but at the same time, I was also expecting to take out loans and pay for it like most people do anyhow. I didn't think I'd owe this much and I'd get no scholarships because healthcare workers rarely get scholarships and funding, but yeah, it's funny how the most important profession out there, really, in healthcare, you don't get funding from the government to study. It doesn't make sense to me, but whatever. I'm self-made, I guess you could say. And by that, I mean I owe a lot of money to a lot of people because of, well, needing to stay alive. I had to max out loans and credit cards. So it was worth it in the end. Now, like I said, it's a much better way to go if you are working the entire time. And I did end up working as a student ambassador, and I worked in hospitality management for you know a couple of months just to earn some spare income when I was there. And then I also started tutoring online so there there were some options out there there were some that were available but it was nothing major so in the end of it I wish that I could have maybe had a little bit more a little bit more time over there to work and earn money but we're tapering down my trip to Europe for the lasted you know two and a half years and I think all in all, it's it's a good one. So I'm going to leave it at that for this episode. When I catch you next, I'll be on the plane to Budapest, Hungary. To you know this I add my beautiful silence.